Welcome to Preach the Word Podcast. I'm your host, Ashton McDonald. Today's episode is a sermon that was shared by Reverend Steve Shaneyfeld on November 15th, 2019. The scripture reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 50 and verse 15. The sermon is titled, Our Past and Overcoming It. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share an episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. You can also contact us by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Listen as Reverend Shaney Felt talks to us about our past and how to overcome our past. Thank you for listening. Genesis chapter 50 and 15, and when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father, and Joseph wept when they spake unto him. I, of all the people in the Old Testament that we have an extensive knowledge of their lives, uh, Joseph is probably the one that I would look to that would probably be the greatest type of Christ. For we find, we find no uh, scandals, no great sins. No, we know he sinned. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But yet, when we look at Joseph's life and the way he dedicated his life to the Lord and the way he dealt with the, the, the hurts and the wounds, uh, boy, he is a wonderful type of Christ in the Old Testament. And I, want, I would like for you to keep that in mind. Uh, if, if you look at this text that I've read, I think you would agree with me that there is a great need to overcome the hurts of the past. And I'm going to talk to us this morning about the past, our past, and overcoming it. And I'm not necessarily just talking about the past before you were saved, but the past since we've been saved. Everybody's got a past. There's nobody exempt. Why, God Himself's got a past. It's forever. It's a little different from ours in length, and it's also perfect. His past is perfect. Uh, now, I, when I was a boy, 12 years old, boy, I got to hurry. I'm already getting strung out. When I was a boy, 12 years old, I heard a preacher preach this. I heard him preach it twice. He was an evangelist. Now, he said he had been saved 40 years at that time. He's dead now. So it's been a long time ago. Uh, but he said, I have lived as clean as any angel for 40 years. What he said. I heard him say it twice. As a young boy, I never forgot that. And I, I, I wouldn't dare do it then. And I'm not doing it now because God rest his soul. But in my heart of hearts, I questioned that. I'm not willing to do away with the scripture. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father who is faithful and just to forgive us if we ask. I'm going to hold on to that for myself. Amen. 
Now, all of us have a past, but God's past is so perfect that he's the only one I know of that's willing to share it with anybody. Now, I've done this survey in the church or two. I'm going to do it here if that's all right. Is there anybody here that would stand up and say, I'm willing for anybody to look at my past, especially my husband or my wife? Anybody here willing to reveal everything in your, in your past? Look at us. I'm going to sit down myself. I'm with y'all. But God is the only one who has a perfect past. And, you know, God has revealed his past to us. Do you remember when Moses came to him and said, Lord, show me your glory? And the Lord said, I'll show you my goodness. And the Lord put him in the cleft of the rock and said, when I pass by, I'll put my hand over you and you'll see my back parts. But no man has seen my face and lived. But Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That was God's future at that time. His past was his goodness. And when Moses was in the cleft of the rock and the Lord passed by and he moved his hand, Moses looked back and saw his back parts. Moses wrote of it. He told us in the book of Genesis, creation. He wrote of God's goodness. And God created light and it was good. And God created the trees and they were good. Everything that God did was good. God's past is good. My past is not like that. I've got some things that I, I, like, I like to preach about and tell about, the high points. But there's some things you're not going to find out. And there's some things about you I'm not going to find out. You know, uh, some of us, there's very few people that can keep a secret about other people. But all of us are good at keeping secrets about ourselves. Are y'all with me this morning? Can I go down this road with you? His past is so perfect that he revealed it to everyone. And we are dreading the day of judgment if everything is fully revealed. Come on now. We got to get to lunch. Amen? They say time is a healer. I don't really know about that. I think time covers things up. I think it deadens the pain. I don't know if it really heals anything. Maybe it does. I believe it makes some things worse. So maybe while time can heal, it can also kill. It also steals. You see, it can steal our peace. It can steal our future. And it can kill our effectiveness of today because of what things have happened in the past. In the past. You know, we are all body, soul, and spirit. Amen? So are we also past, present, and future. Probably the most difficult part of these three things to deal with is the past. It loads up on us. The further I go, the Further the train is, I'm a pulling. You young folks will find that out over time. I've seen some young folks that were already pulling such a train that they can no longer deal with it. The past can be difficult. And I'm going to tell you something. Everyone, every great man and every great woman usually have one, at least one thing in common. You know what that is? They've overcome their past. 
Because if we're not careful, the past will keep us from doing anything. And listen, the past is not just failures of sin. It's failures of business, failures of relationships, failure in the battle. Uh, it is hurts. It is rejections. It is betrayals. All those things are in our past, and they affect us. But I'm telling you, there's a rescuer who will rescue us from the past. And I want you to know that I believe he's here this morning because he wants us to be free from the chains of the past. If we're going to do what we should do in the present time, which is now, and have a future that we can live and be effective for the Lord, we're going to have to make sure that the past does not dictate our future. I think, I'll say this again, that our past is the most difficult thing to deal with. And our text talks about this. But, but Shad, do me a favor. When I get to within 10 minutes, throw up 10, because I can't see that clock. My eyes won't let me see that clock. And I, I, don't, I can do it. Will you help me? All right. Our text deals with this. And when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, now look. It's been 40 years since they throwed him in the pit. 40 years since his 10 brothers threw Joseph in the pit. He's not listening to me. They sold him into slavery. Jacob has just died at 147 years old. He's been in Egypt for 17 years. 17 years since that momentous occasion when the family came together and they made things right. Y'all remember that? Seventeen years since they fell and wept on, on Joseph. And Jacob was so happy. And, and uh, Benjamin got to meet Joseph and knew him as his brother. And the ten brothers were forgiven. Seventeen years. Now they've scattered there out through in, in Egypt. They've begun building their lives. They probably don't see each other that often. Uh, I don't think they really had cell phones then, just to be honest with you. They probably didn't talk to each other a lot. They all had, had large families and they had animals to take care of, so they were spread out over a wide area. The brothers probably didn't see that, each other that often. Maybe when Joseph came around, and he probably made a point to visit each one of them every now and then, I wonder how they felt about it. Probably when they were folks around, they probably fawned over him, and, but inside it, they resented him because they feared him. And now they have a funeral, and now the whole family has come together. I wonder how the conversation went. They probably started talking to each other and say, when's the last time you've seen Joseph? I hadn't seen Joseph in a while, Benjamin. Uh, how about you, Reuben? I saw him. He seemed a little distant to me. thought there was something on his mind. Probably was running Egypt. But he pointed at himself. Because he could not get over the fact of what they had done to him. They couldn't get over it. They couldn't release it. And Joseph had no idea. And so they fabricated a lie here. Did y'all catch that in the scriptures? They fabricated a lie. And when Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, they wouldn't even say, our father. Listen to this. They sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command. They didn't say our father. Your father Jacob did command you saying this before he died. 
forgive the trespass of your brothers. Joseph had already forgiven them. They were living in fear that this thing was not over yet. How many of us have things in our life and we've prayed and called on God and begged God to help us, begged God to forgive us, and begged God to make it right? And we say, well, I'm going to believe you, Lord. I felt like, Lord, in my prayer and in the service when you came down on me and blessed me and I worshipped you, that you had forgiven me. But then in the stillness of your night on your pillow, this thing comes to you and it terrorizes you and the hurt that others did to you bothers you and the failures that you know that you have committed that I have committed, I'm telling you right now, I have lived this in my life. I'm not preaching to you because I came up with something, but I'm telling you, I thank God that he found a way to rescue me of my past. And I'm telling you right now, my, my race is not over. I may have to be rescued again and again and again. But I want you to know today, we're going to have to be overcomers of our past, or our present, and our future is of no avail. I was working, I used to have a job. And I worked in Chicago for a while. And, uh, we had some investors come down from New York. They wanted to see our company. We're a public company. And so the CEO had myself and the C chief operating officer take them through the building on a tour to put it in the best light possible so they would, we call it, make our stock, raise our stock price. And uh, we uh, stepped out on the second floor. The home office there was about a city block long, and the second floor was of the accounting uh, department and it was just it was just cubicles one end of the other we stepped out on that elevator and they looked at it one of them said whoa how many people work here I didn't know Gary the chief operating officer looked at me and he said Steve what do you think about half of them You know, and I wonder about that in church. How many people worship here? They, they come to work, they're so burdened with problems and burdened with family issues and hurts that people have done and angry at people across the next cubicle that they can't get anything done. And we come and we put on a smile and when the church has a move of the Lord like it did last night. We get up and get in it, but it ain't in our heart. And we need help, and we know we do. And God wants to help every one of us this morning. He wants to deliver us from our past. So, remember I said Joseph was a type of Christ? Y'all remember that just a while ago? Look at this scripture with me. Verse 17, so shall, you, so shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sins, for they did unto thee evil. They're confessing it again and again and again. And now we pray thee, 
Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. You know what Joseph did? The Bible says, and Joseph wept. And Joseph wept. Why did he cry? For he saw 17 years of wasted lives where they really could not enjoy their family, their God, their lives, because they lived in fear and turmoil of what had happened in the past. And he had already made it right. And Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus wept. And Joseph wept. You remember when Martha and Mary were crying over Lazarus? And Jesus came. And they said, oh, he wept. Because look how much he loved them. The shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. But you think maybe there's a chance that he wept because they did not believe that he had the power? To comfort them, even if it meant raising the dead. And Jesus wept. And do you think it's possible, dear friend, that when you pray time and again over something that he has already forgiven you for, that in heaven, what he does is weep. Because you need to accept that he has already forgiven you. What he forgives, he forgets. He puts it in the depth of the ocean. You don't have a past with Jesus. You've only got a past with yourself. The only flesh and blood I struggle with is the one I look at when I look in the morning in the mirror and fix my hair. I don't like long fights, brother. Praise God. Are you all with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? The past will not let them go, and the past will not let you go, because you will not believe, and I will not believe, that Jesus is the great rescuer. And you will not believe, and I will not believe, that we are worth many sparrows. David overcame murder and theft. He killed a brother. And stole his wife. He paid the price, but he overcame it. Rahab came over, overcame her life and her reputation. 
as a harlot, but she overcame it. You don't think after she married the man from Israel, after the fall of Jericho, that they didn't whisper behind her back and let the whispers reach her ears, there's a harlot. There's a harlot. It could have set her down like it has set down some of us. But I'm telling you today, she overcame it. And she ended up in the lineage of Christ. You can overcome your past, friend. Ruth overcame her family's heritage, perversion, and unbelief. She joins Rahab in the lineage of Christ. You can do great things for God if you will accept that he has forgiven you. The question I have for you this morning, are you willing to let it go? I feel the Lord here this morning. I fought a few things to get here. I might tell you about it later if you won't tell my wife. I didn't know I was going to preach when he called me. I just really began working on me. Mary Magdalene overcame her past of devil possessions, seven of them, and counted the grace of God more precious than the shame of her past. Peter denied the Lord after spending almost three years with him day and night. This is just not for things before you got saved. This is for things that's happened since you've been saved. God saved you. He saw every day of your life. If he didn't think you and I were going to be any, any count for anything, he'd have never saved us. But he felt like his blood was sufficient to cleanse us. He felt like his blood was sufficient to give us the victory. He felt like that when that royal blood came through our veins, that it would cleanse us and make us act like a king and like priest. And I'm telling you, a king don't sit down. If he's got to be executed, he walks and she walks, and the queen walks with her head in the air. Get up from where you are. And recognize that there's royal blood flowing through your veins. John Newton was a slave trader. And no doubt guilty of many sins against humanity. He called himself a wretch when he saw his past. But called grace amazing when it saved him. Praise God for amazing grace. To deliver us from our past. There's victories for you today, child of God. I'm coming to a close. I'm, I'm just moving through this. But I want you to know today, the Lord would like for you to overcome your past. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. The oldest thing in your life is your past. Your past has passed away. In God's eyes, once he's forgiven us, our past has passed away. It's dead. What did Jesus say to them? 
God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. We can't change the past. We can't overcome it. We do not have to be slaves to it. That one of you which would worship, but when you do, you think about your failure and the shame of that failure. Though no one else knows it but yourself. Jesus knows it. He has forgiven you, for you have asked him to. Get up from where you are and no longer lay on that bed of affliction. Paul had a horrible past. He was instrumental in the death of many just because they loved Jesus. And he overcame his past. I know he thought a lot about his past. I know he did. He wrote about it. He, he, you can't deny it. It, it. No doubt at times it came rushing on him. But he reached a place where he could overcome it in the Lord. He said, I did it ignorantly. You say you didn't do it ignorantly. The same blood will forgive ignorance and non-ignorance. He didn't let that past control him. I'm going to tell you what he did. I just said he didn't forget it because he wrote about it. Okay? There's no contradiction in what I'm preaching here. I want you to listen to what he said. Brethren, I have not counted myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. This is what we got to do, church. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And you can't forget them holding on to them. Turn yourself around, spiritually speaking, and look at the present where you can do things for God and he'll take care of the future and let the past go. The memorials back there that he has done for you, hold on to them. But do not let the devil torment you over your past and do not torment yourself anymore. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and searching reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to change gears here just a second. How Where am I at, Brother Shad? I'm also on the side of it. Now, sinner friend, i got to talk to you just for a second. I have to talk to you just for a second. You also must deal with your past. Until the Lord forgives you and saves you, your past is alive. 1 Timothy 5 and 24 says, Some men's sins are open beforehand. Going before the judgment. That's us so save people. Can I get a witness? Amen. How about I thank you, Lord? I mean, they already got there. They'll be gone when you get there. That makes me happy. If you knew what I know about me, it'd make you happy. Probably if I know what you know about you, it'd make me happy for you. 
And some men, they follow after. If you don't get saved, your sins are going to follow you to judgment. And what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you. And it don't make me happy to tell you. But you're going to go to hell. Won't you get saved? Won't you ask the Lord to forgive you? This is the best life. This is the only life. If you're lost here today, Jesus stands ready to bury your past. Now listen, I got a little story I'd like to close this with. I went to church with a man for 16 years. I watched this man. He visited. Nothing ever got him down. I don't think I've ever met anybody like this. I saw people talk about him. I saw people hit him, spiritually speaking. I saw him do things wrong and him make it right and get up and go on. He was just a man. I watched him for years do it. I came back and pastored the church there where he was. And one day when we were out visiting together, I asked him. I said, Brother Junior, I need to be more stable in my life, even as a pastor. I said, would you tell me how you're able to do what I've always seen you do? He told me the story. In 2011, he passed away. They called and asked me to speak at his funeral. I told the story at his funeral. His daughter and his wife had never heard it. Here's the story. When he was a boy there in the church, his father was a preacher, a lay minister in the church. His father, Arthur Jr., Arthur Sr., loved preachers. Brother Jr., who I was preaching the funeral for, was his son, his only son, and he shadowed his father everywhere. They had a particular preacher come through their church, and they had a wonderful revival, the way Brother Jr. told me. And it was their time, him and his wife's time, on Sunday to cook for the visiting preacher before he left on Monday morning. They decided they would have fried chicken. And he told, and this has been way back. Brother Junior died. He was in his, almost in his 80s. So this had been back. The church is 100 years old, and his father was a charter member. And it wasn't long after the church was chartered. And so his dad said, Mama, I sure would like to give the preacher some iced tea to go with the fried chicken. You think we could have him iced tea? And she said, Arthur, that would be your decision. So Brother Junior told me the Sunday morning after church and the past, that visiting preacher had preached his last message. They went home and him and his dad went to the ice house, the block house, bought a block of ice. Paid 10 cents for it. They went home, had chicken. I never seen a real preacher didn't like chicken. And they had iced tea. The next day, about 5 o'clock, someone knocked on the door. It was one of the board members of the church. Brother Junior said, I remember hearing the knock. I remember him saying, Brother Arthur, if you have time, we'd like to see you down to church. He said, all right, I'll be there shortly. His father came back and told them what happened. 
He'd gone down to the church, and they asked him, said, Brother, Brother Arthur, it's been reported to us that you went down to the blockhouse on Sunday and paid 10 cents for a block of ice. Is this true? Yes, it is. He said, would you mind telling us? They said, would you mind telling us why you did it? He said, well, the preacher preached so good and helped the church. I want him to have iced tea. They said, well, you know the rules. There's no buying and no selling on Sunday. He said, yes, sir, I know it. He said, I ask you to forgive me. They said, well, we'll forgive you. But there's going to be a sanction that goes along with it. He said, all right, what is it? They said, well, you're a lay minister, and you preached here in the church, that you'll never preach in this church again as long as you live. Brother Junior told me when he told him that, he told him, he said, you know what? He said, Jesus is worth more than all that. That hurt that I feel is not hurt enough to leave the Lord of the church. It's not worth sitting down because we've been hurt. Brother Junior said, I asked Brother Junior, I said, Brother Junior, what did you do? He said, well, we just changed places we preached. He said, until my dad died, instead of preaching on Sundays, we preached on Saturdays. We went down to the square at Covington and preached every Saturday morning. I said, you mean, Brother Junior, because of the example of your daddy? You've been over to overcome all the problems in your past. You've never let anything get you down. He said, Brother Steve, when it gets to me, I think about my daddy. And I want to tell you something here this morning. You that have said that you will do nothing else. Don't think about Brother Junior's daddy. Think about our Savior. Think about him who died on the tree for us. Think about him who left glory and came down here and suffered such miserable, horrible pain and agony, betrayal, rejection, that you and I could have life and get up and get over your past. I'll close with this. As you're coming, Pastor, I'll close with this. Do whatever you want to. You remember when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda? Five porches. Five, the number of grace, 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 all around grace. And everywhere, people laying on the floor. But there's grace everywhere. You don't have to lay on the floor. He went up to this one man laying there on his bed. How many times have I said it? And how many times have you said it? It's your bed. Lay in it. Anybody here beside Brother Steve ever said that? Anybody here ever heard it? It's your bed. Lay in it. Jesus did not deny it was his bed. Jesus did not deny that it was his bed. But he didn't tell him to lay in it. He said, take up thy bed and walk. And I say to you this morning in the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. Sit all over the house.